Hey y'all, the opinions, content, information, expressions, and rambles of this podcast are in no way a reflection of anyone else but the host. No sponsors, no one else, just me. Deuces. Hey, 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 family, it's your girl, She Rambles, and welcome to The Ramble Within as we continue our series, The Spiritual Journey. This is your midweek ramble, and today we're going to talk about church hurt, famous church hurt. Today's resource will be from tpcc.org, and we will also be taking some uh, scripture references from BibleGateway.com. All right, now, what is church hurt? Church hurt is a term used to describe a wide range of experiences in which someone was let down, wounded, or trust was broken by someone within the church. How many people can say they have experienced church hurt? And some people are actually experiencing it and do not realize that they are experiencing it. Even the Apostle Paul had his own experience um, in Scripture and he spoke about church hurt without people even realizing it. First Thessalonians 2, 1 and 2, Paul says, You yourselves know, dear brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not a failure. You know how badly we had been treated at Philippi just before we came to you and how much we suffered there. Suffered there. Yet our God gave us the courage to declare his good news to you boldly in spite of great opposition. Now, why would he be having to go through suffering at the hands of God's people, their ch- his children, and why would he have to be going through great opposition? Puzzling, huh? But I implore you to think about this. Could church hurt be correlated to trauma bonding? Now, trauma bonding from the the resource uh, DiamondRehabThailand.com refers to a psychological response to abuse. It is a harmful coping, coping mechanism caused by danger, shame, or exploitation that manifests as an unhealthy attachment to the abuser. Now, could the church or its clergy be the abuser? Walk with me now. Now, did you know that there are seven stages of trauma bonding? You know, we like to use trauma bonding when it comes to just relationships. But honestly, I mean, you're you on a spiritual journey um, through religion, through spirituality or whatever is actually a relationship. It's a relationship you're seeking to have with God, with Jesus, with whatever you resonate with. Um, your relationship with religion and things like that. So let's go on down the list as far as what those seven stages are. Let's see if we can just kind of, if anything sounds familiar. The very first one, good old gaslighting. Gaslighting, the emotional abuse in which the abuser makes the abused question their reality, beliefs, and sanity. Now, I always like to use myself as an example, so I'm going to go ahead and use myself as an example. Now, again, anytime we have any troubles in our lives, if we were born and raised on faith, um, religious matters, sacral matters, whatever you want to resonate with, then the first thing you do is you go to 
the Lord in prayer. You go to the altar. You go to your your whatever your spiritual practices, your ancestors, whatever it is, you go to that deity so that you can get an answer. Now, because we are uh, the spirits having this human experience, we, this flesh, as they call it, this, this skin, this avatar, it um, causes us to have disbelief because we can't see things visually with our eyes. You know, they talked about that in scripture when the people had to build the golden calf because they could not see God and so on and so forth. So people of the church tend to get the line between a pastor, reverend, minister, whatever, um, and God. It's a very, very thin line between the two. Some might not admit it, but it is what it is. They revere the pastors so much that sometimes their every single move cannot be made without consulting their clergy, their pastor, their their spiritual advisors. Okay? And sometimes when you go to a person, again, we it's a thin line. So if you're already in a broken state, and you go to this person that is still a human being, but in your eyesight, he or she may hold some kind of greater key or greater stepping stone than you in your eyes. And so you go and you give them all your information. Just let it let it have it. Because again, I'm broken out. Hey, I'ma just go ahead and 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 say what I have to say. And because it's not their reality belief or belief then they will turn you against it. Now imagine being raised a certain way, your parents have taught you something or whatever, and then here comes this person in your most broken state of of your darkest hour, and you're coming to them to get some sound, solid, unbiased support and advice, and they totally flip your reality. Now victims of gaslight gaslighting second-guess themselves, which is caused by that consistently receiving false information, making it hard to break trauma bonds. Now, everybody that is behind that cloth is not there for the right reasons. Some people have their own agendas. Most have their own agendas, you know. And again, if you're, whatever you're saying to me, and you're coming to me as because you believe me to be your spiritual advisor, I know you're going to listen to me. And if it doesn't fit my agenda, then I just might possibly gaslight you into what my agenda is saying. I mean, could it be? Number two, love bombing. Ooh, love bombing refers to the behavior pattern in which someone overwhelms another person with displays of affection and admiration. I have been to some churches that it felt just like that. You go in there and everybody is so pleasant. It's just like a joy. Like you just like, oh my God, all these people smiling. This is how it's supposed to be. I mean, when we're reading depictions of God and Jesus and and whatever deity that resonates with you, it 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 will always almost come down to love and how they make you feel so good and just, you know, they hug you every time you come in. It's just a handshake, a smile. 
just always pleasant, overly, overly pleasant. It's, it uses loving words, flattery, and excessive attention as tactics to manipulate the recipient into making them feel dependent and indebted to the abuser. Again, these are things that could be happening because the church is so systematic, ritualistic without them even realizing. I mean, we all know that most people, the, 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 um, what is it? The most um, flocked to religion is Catholic. Okay. And that is a very ritualistic, very super ritualistic religion um, to practice. And a lot of these churches are practicing rituals and things like that. And they don't even know it. If you've been sitting in a church for 25 some years, you don't even realize that some things that you're doing that you, you do all day could be hurting someone. Love bombing. They do that in churches, right? Number three, the emotional addiction, which means that the highs and lows of this relationship becomes addictive to an individual. Now I'm coming in here, I'm getting all this love and all of this stuff. And then all of a sudden something drops and it's just up, it's just down. It's just up, it's just down. It is close to being addicted to drugs because your dopamine, your, 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 your stress levels, they're going up and down. You just in a roller coaster because again you're going through this gaslighting you're going through this e- this emotion because again you're not trying to upset your spiritual advisor so if they're coming to give you some advice and you backslide on that advice you're going through a, a panic and then you go to another person in the congregation and they go, oh no it's fine it's all good god loves the children you know the pastor so-and-so ain't gonna say nothing they love bomb you and then you're in this emotional addictive cycle The abused person may not know that they're in an unhealthy relationship, and yet they feel like they cannot leave it. Number four, criticism. It's the stage where that abusive partner criticizes and blames the other person for things that they fully know are not the latter's fault, which can lead to emotional abuse again. Here now is when you start to wake up. And things are just starting starting to not click. You're starting to see, like I said in my last episode, those once loving faces start to look like distorted faces. If any of you have seen Eyes Wide Shut, remember when she was in the dressing room and she was getting dressed, I think it's um, Charlize Theron. And when she was getting dressed and she saw that one chick's face and it turned into that old demonic face, that is what I'm talking about. I have seen that with my own eyes in the church in the church and i'm like wow i but you uh, i'm tripping and you start to really think that you are crazy then you go to another person because everybody has a role up in that church you know you go to the pastor for certain things you go to the assistant for certain things you go to the elders for a certain thing deacons for a certain thing the mother of the church for a certain, i mean everybody has a role so now you're going and you're starting to wake up and you think it's safe here i can say this here with you know maybe the youth or the young people's young men's group or my women's group and i say hey you know i realize that x you know y and z is happening and i don't know and then boom here comes the criticism how dare you say that thing insults belittling constant humiliation and intimidation happens because you're now looking like you're in you're you've committed treason now 
because how dare you speak against what pastor told you? How dare you say that this and that? How dare you challenge the doctrine that we all have been sitting in? Sounds kind of cultish, but church people don't seem to believe that it's kind of cultish in some areas. Again, I am not resonating this with every single church or whatever the case is. I mean, your church is your church. Again, I'm speaking on my own experience. I always have to put that out there because I don't need the criticism. Now, this leaves the victim confused about how that blame and lying and stuff got shifted to them. Like, I just asked the question and how it's my fault that I'm supposed to ask. Am I not supposed to ask for clarification? And there are a lot of churches that don't like that. They don't like that. Don't come and don't don't come against the don't have a new idea. We we clap this way and we clap like tambourines and you're gonna clap like a tambourine. You can't come in here clapping one, two, when we clapping on three, four, five, six, seven. Uh-huh. Number five, the loss of self. You start to feel like you losing yourself. You start to settle for anything just to keep the peace at the expense of your self-confidence and your sense of self. They did make you feel bad. I mean, I don't want to question my pastor, but these questions are coming up. And if I can't go to my spiritual advisors for spiritual matters in all aspects, whether I'm coming and asking you for advice, and then if I feel like I did your advice and another outcome came out and or if I'm having feelings about this or that, should not be able to come to you with all of these things without you doing, uh, criticizing me, stomping on me like I'm some sort of roach, like I should be. And you start to question your, and you start to feel like you're going insane. Number six, trust and dependency. This stage involves winning over that abusees trust to try and manipulate them into being dependent on their abuser for validation and attention (sighs) now it's the displays of love and affection that only serve to reinforce the power that that perpetrator has over the victim because again i'm hopeless i'm helpless i'm the one that didn't go to seminary i'm not the one that was called by god i'm not the one that gets a revelation or I prophesy over your life. I'm not the one getting those downloads and messages from God. I'm not the Moses that saw the bush burn. I'm not the Noah that got to, yeah. See, you start to go through that and you, I don't want to upset and I just, I need to, you know, and now you're being manipulated without being, without knowing that you're being manipulated. Because again, if you allow an any part of your life I don't care who it is if you show somebody that they can eat you they will eat you period a dog smells fear and they attack that fear okay and that's what's happening here number seven the very last thing resigning to control This is when you're just like, you know what? I can't talk no more. It doesn't work. It only ends up in you as my spiritual advisor, as my spirit team to just come and keep on blaming things on me and all of this. So I convinced myself into thinking that you'll change someday. So I just give in to your control. Now I am a part of your flock. I am now a sheep. 
laid to your hands as the shepherd to, for the slaughter. Hmm. Sounds very familiar with the, the way that I have experienced church hurt on so many levels. Like I gave the, the first example of when we were going through a dark time and then people turned their back on us quicker than it's like I, we don't we're not trying to be involved in that because my situation did have police involved in the whole nine because my mom wouldn't play them type of games and <laughs> then people turned their back like a like a soldier turned on the, that that back but fruit turned right on around and went on about their business and it's it's a shame it is a crying shame now tpcc.org goes on to say ask the question well not ask question but just to make the statement why church families matter (laughs) okay so why should we be part of a church family according to this resource because formation requires relationship this might mean friction at times it might mean stepping into vulnerability which can make us susceptible to hurt but the alternate alternative is isolation and that's no way to live either In a church family, you're invited to heal, let go of offense, be known, and keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. It says stepping into vulnerability. Formation. Formation requires religion. I mean, uh, relationship. Let's go ahead and define that word formation. The action of forming or process of being formed a structure or arrangement of something so you're telling me that I should be okay with being in the fellowship of brothers and sisters that clap it up scream and holler and dance all over the place in the name of the savior um and then turn around in two seconds and give me some evil face, criticize me for having a question, which I'm supposed to come and get clarification if I have any questions instead of going out here into the world, as they call it, and get those answers. But then you stomp me down, you gaslight me, you emotionally abuse me. And um, but I need to do that because I need to be arranged and formed into something to be formed to be formed into something that means they're they're changing you into something an act of giving form or shape to something what is it that they're trying to shape in you right you have to sit and take church hurt church hurt which is essentially (laughs) trauma bonding and people everybody in there don't even realize they all have been trauma bond and have been trauma bonding especially if you've been sitting in the same church for all these years or just have been just in religion for all of these years and you know we have all of these lovely scriptures about god which is the center of everything that is being preached in these places. First John 4, 7 and 8. Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves 
has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because love is God. Mm. Let's define love. <laughs> Let's define love. An intense feeling of deep affection and in a great interest or pleasure in something. Feeling deep affection. A strong affection for another arising out of kinship and personal ties. Now, wouldn't we be a kinship because we're all children of God? And we come from God, so the the very essence of God should be somewhere in our bones, correct? We should be able to exude love. Now, I'm not saying that because, again, there is a yin, there is a yang, there is a dark, there is a light. But church don't believe that, okay? They just believe, hey, we just, y'all, y'all some sinners until you get saved. And once you're saved, you saved and all of that stuff. We all fall short of the glory of God. And it's like, it, it, it goes in circles. <laughs> it it really does go in circles when when you think about the scriptures and how they contradict each other all the time. But we're talking about God is love, love. And shouldn't the children that come from his very essence be that? How many years do you need? You know, people, oh, give people time. We're sinners and we're this and we're that. And, you know, we're the, okay, but you're saved, correct? And every day should be your stepping stone on trying to exude the love that you are preaching all the time. And in order for you to be able to exude love, you have to be placed in a in a position where love, I mean, the, the opposition of love is present. So if I'm coming to you and I'm going against something you believe, you should be able to look inside of me with the love that you have for me as per being a child of God and be able to feel, you know, I was there once and, you know, I just, I, I, I really, I really, you know, understand what you're going through. And, you know, this is what I did. It don't necessarily have to work for you, but I still love you anyhow. But yet, First John 1 and 5 will tell us that this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Right? Right. These are all the things that are being said about God. God is not human. Numbers 23, 19, that he should lie. Not a human being, that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and then not fulfill? Mm. God is gracious and he's righteous. Our God is full of compassion. Psalms 116 and 5. But yet over and over and over and over again, it is okay for you to sit in a place for 25 years because it is your your family's church. It is, you know, it's it's what you know. It's okay. That's how they are and all of this stuff like that for you to be heard. You, the, the description of God that you just heard, this gracious and loving and kind light, this light that has no darkness in him at all is wanting you to sit there and continually be beat down 
by people who are claiming to be children of him or claiming to have received words from him on a weekly basis? Hebrews 10, 24, 25, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Do they really encourage you? After 20 years, do they still encourage you? But keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes there. He said he was going to leave a comforter according to the Spirit. (laughs) But we still continue to sit in these places that are not serving your highest good. Every day you go into the building. And don't they say when you go into the building, one way you're supposed to come out changed. Some people go right in them pews with an attitude and come right back out the door with the same attitude. That doesn't spark something in somebody. That doesn't let you know that maybe God is not in that place. I know that uh, Jesus told you where the kingdom of God is and or the kingdom of heaven um, is, but, you know, church people don't want to take full context and take they just want to you know pick and choose or just only listen to what the preacher is telling you the kingdom of heaven is within you Luke 17 21 within you do you really think that Yeshua HaMashiach as known as Jesus to you all, is really going to tell you something like that. And, oh, he no, he really meant that he's in the sky. Oh, no, he really meant that. No, it's just plain and simple. The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say here, here, see here or see there. For indeed, (laughs) that means for a fact, the kingdom of God is within you period point blank so you should not be sitting there getting beat down bamboozled tried talked about lied manipulated emotionally abused sometimes sexually abused sometimes physically abused in these places that just put the just word god or jesus here or or the church of the light, or the church of the this, on front of the buildings, when Jesus is telling you that the kingdom is within you. Stop looking outside. The kingdom of God is essentially inward within a man's heart. The kingdom is within your reach if you make the right choices. This life is about choices. And do you choose to sit in a pew watching a pastor pastor you onto fields that's going to pull you into a pit of shame, disappointment, gaslighting, love bombing, emotional addiction, criticism, you losing yourself. You starting to trust and depend on somebody that's trying you like that and just succumbing to their control. 
You should feel like a slave. You should feel like Joseph. Many colors in your coat. Or do you set yourself free? Because the truth will indeed set you free. Because the kingdom of God is within you. This is your girl, She Rambles. And join me on Friday for the final ramble.